I really struggled this morning to know what to preach on and what to share on. And um, I was trying to envisage who's going to be here today looking at your faces and just trying to, in God, find out just what have you been through over the last little while. And then, of course, we have another big audience online. And, of course, I can't see your faces. And as a pastor, you know, when I see faces, I could read something off the heart. But certainly it's very hard to read your hearts online there. And so I prepared around a few things, and I settled on the very last thing that I prepared on. And, um, and so I'm going to start a series, which I think will be a very exciting series. Uh, but it's one of those series that is like when you go to the dentist. How many of you have been to the dentist over the last year? Oh, wow, a number of you. That's cool. In Switzerland, people go at least once a year. And uh, that's why their teeth are in such a great condition. And when you go to the dentist, you know, and... The dentist looks at your teeth and he brings his assistant in and the person who cares for you. And they say, no, there's a couple of fillings that need to take place. And yes, we can do them now. That's when you start cringing. And when you hear that little instrument start to make that noise, almost like a mosquito at night that comes into your bedroom. And they start to work on your mouth. It's not a pleasant experience, but it's a very necessary experience. And it is this type of series that I think that we're going to be looking at. I think it's going to be a very exciting experience, but I think it is going to require some self-reflection within our lives. And um, I think that's good for us. I think over the time that we haven't quite been together like this and we've been a part of many other things that were happening out there, I think some of the cobwebs start to form um, around us just a little bit. Um, it was interesting just as I climbed into my car and um, I like to clean my car and do all of those type of things, but as I looked, I saw a cobweb on the side there and I thought, how did this one get here? because I'm so careful about it, but I didn't pay attention to the area on my left here. It was everything in front of me. And so cobwebs started to form on the sides where my vision was impaired to some extent. And it's kind of like this, you know, what we want to look at is It's just those things that start to form, um, you know, just when things are out of our vision, you see. And you'll find out that that as age creeps on you, that your vision is narrowed quite a bit. And of course, the wives would say of their husbands, they've never had peripheral vision. Everything is just right here. So we understand when we go and look for something in the fridge. And you say, um, where is this? And the wife says, it's in the fridge. And you're looking for it and you can't find it. And she comes and she's there. Oh, there it is. Because, you know, we just look there. We can't see further aside. You know, cobwebs start to form. But it's exactly the same way, and I first came across this concept when I was reading a piece by a man called Eugene Peterson. 
And he's one of my favorite authors uh, because he reads and he writes, and I read in a way that appeals to the sense of a pastor, and he was writing to pastors. And he was saying over the years of, of long ministry, he says, because our vision is right here in front of us and we don't always see to the left or to the right, and we go through many different experiences, he says, that shadows start to form around our hearts. It is not sin issues, but it's just shadows that start to form. And he says every now and then, it's good to sit down and ask someone just to point out those shadows that they've seen that starts to form around our hearts. And I must confess, as pastors, it is so good for us to do that because there are shadows that form around our hearts. When the criticism comes, we try and protect ourselves and we're a little bit more sensitive than what we should be. And so those type of things continue to happen. When the praise comes, you know, how we start to get a little bit bigger than what we need to. And so it's the shadows of pride that comes. And then when people treat us excellently, we really feel that we are more important than what we actually are. It is those shadows that start to form around our hearts. And I think over the COVID period, shadows have started to form around people's hearts. And so I've entitled this series, Enemies of the Heart. Um, if you read quite a bit, you'll see that Andy Stanley has a book out called Enemies of the Heart. So I'm not taking the series from him, I just wanna say that to you, but I have used his title because I looked at a whole number of titles and he just says it better than what I can. I looked at another title which is Diseases of the Heart, so you could also call it that, or Viruses of the Heart. But I thought that was a little bit cheesy because of the time that we are living in. So I must say I like the title Enemies of the Heart. And so can I ask you to turn with me in your Bibles to one verse that we're gonna read in the beginning, which is Proverbs chapter four, verse 23, please. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23. I hope at home that you have already gathered your Bibles around and you've taken them and you're gonna read with us, please. And this is what the scripture says and it's of course Solomon offering us some advice and if you read after Solomon, you'll find out that he's a man that God did many things through but there were some shadows that formed around his heart as well that needed to be dealt with. And um, he gives us advice out of life's experiences and also his own life experience. And he says, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. That's great advice, isn't it? Above all else, that means most importantly, Guard your heart. Make sure that you have a couple of guards that will guard your heart, protect your heart, because he says everything flows 
from it. The most wonderful thing is that as we look at this series, we're going to look at it in the context of the wonderful gospel of the Lord Jesus. Because if we look at it just in itself, based on life experience, we will get discouraged. But when we look at it in the light of what Jesus had accomplished for us on the cross, that he paid the highest price for the sins that you and I had committed, but also some of these shadows that's formed around our hearts. He took it upon himself that day 2,000 years ago, and he bore it upon himself that we can walk free. The next pastor's conference that I'll be at, and if they give me an opportunity to speak for about 10, 15 minutes, I already have got my topic, and the topic would be ministering again in freedom. Because what this COVID time has done is that it has taken away some of our freedoms so that we can become free, and I understand that. And certainly as pastors, you know, there have been certain freedoms that have been um, reduced within our lives, whereby um, we almost feel like we're in a bit of a straitjacket. So I asked the Nicks at the back there, I said, how much space do I have just to walk to the left or to the right? And they said, about a meter. So you can understand the freedom that there is not that we used to have. A lack of freedom. You know, so I can walk to about here and if I go any further, you know, I'll be in trouble. And um, so it, it's these how COVID have placed us in a place where freedoms have been taken away. And when that happens, some of that is good and it's been very, very good for me to focus on some of my weakness to strengthen them. And so I'm walking less when I'm speaking. So that's good. But with that, other things have come where we feel a little bit restricted. And so I'd like to speak to pastors about how to minister in freedom again. And I think out of COVID, God wants to help us to step into the freedoms of his wonderful gospel that he paid the highest price for. Because you see, when Christ died for us on the cross, he didn't die so that we would become more restricted. He died so that we can have many, many more freedoms where we can serve him, speak to him, love one another without restrictions. And over COVID, I feel that in some respects, we've shrunk and we've gotten smaller and God wants us to step into faith so that we can enlarge ourselves and so that the gospel through us can be preached in an unlimited way. But the problem is, when we start to live out of character, there are certain enemies that creep into our hearts that would restrict us. So, Proverbs 4.23, as we have read, says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. But then Proverbs 4.23 says, in the ESV translation, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. 
Springs of Life speaks about something which just flows and it is unlimited. God wants you to be able to live your life like springs of living water just flowing out of it and you refresh other people. The King James Version says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. New American Standard Version says, watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. And then the New Living Translation says, guard your heart above all, for it determines the course of your life. Proverbs chapter six, verses 16 to 19, and if you could just listen to me as I read the scripture, this is what Solomon says. He says, there are six things The Lord hates seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, which is translated pride. A lying tongue, which is simply when we speak lies. Hands that shed innocent blood, and I've categorized that as anger. A heart that devises wicked schemes. I call that deceit or hidden agendas. Feet that are quick to rush to evil, you know, and I've put in brackets, busybodies. They always want to hear someone else's news. They don't focus just on their own lies, but they always want to comment on someone else. A false witness who pours out lies, I call that and put it in brackets, the manipulative person, or a person who stirs up conflict in the community and I call that jealousy. And so we're gonna be looking at all of these topics, and it was interesting when I spoke in the beginning of COVID, just on that, um, if we wanna walk in peace, we need to mind our own business. And I had a businessman come to me, and I was talking in reference of the church and our communities here. And so when this businessman came to me, he says, Piet, do you know what? He says, that was so relevant to where I am at. He says, you won't believe within the workplace how many busybodies there is. People are talking about everyone in the business place. He says, they're talking about their bosses in a manner which is disrespectful. He says, you know, I am really gonna try and mind my own business in the business place because he says it distracts me to snow in. And that is oftentimes what happens when these enemies come into our lives and shadows start to form around our heart and we no longer are who God had called us to be. You see, this is what happens when we get saved. When we come to Jesus, He settles our sins once and for all. He takes all of the guilt of our sin upon himself and he says, you are free. And where we stood condemned, he says, there's no longer any condemnation for you. And then what happens, because it is such an enormous miracle that takes place when we come to Jesus, he says, all the old things have passed away. You have become totally new. And so this is what God does. But oftentimes what happens is we have experiences that we go through. Like I said, some of them are not sinful experiences. They're life experiences. And then we find 
that shadows start to form around our hearts. Um, I have a condition called arthritis, and it, uh, uh, the type that I have is called psoriatic arthritis. And so um, it limits some of my activities that I can do, but I remember they put me on medication that makes me irritable. Now, some people say, well, Piet, you didn't have to go on that medication to become irritable, you are in any case. But at least that's my story, I'm irritable because of the medication. It's a good way just to get out of that. But you know, I realized that because of that condition, I have, I'm on this medication, and every now and then I'm just a little bit irritable. And when I catch it, I realize that before I respond to someone, I've got to count to about four or five. Get that irritability under control, and then I move on. It's not a sin within my life that has caused it, it is circumstances, and it's exactly the same for a number of you. You've been put in certain circumstances that causes shadows to form around your life. Sometimes it is purely because we are insecure, and as a result of our insecurities, we create crutches within our lives that we lean on that eventually becomes an enemy of the heart. And so we do things that eventually becomes a sin that restricts us. And so we want to look at some of these things, but excitingly, we want to look at how God can bring us through this. I had the experience just this past week as I was driving somewhere and there were three cars in front of me and I stopped and couldn't go left or right, the traffic was quite busy and there was a guy behind me and he started to hoot. But he started to hoot uncontrollably. And have you ever felt like, what am I doing wrong? You know, that's what you, what is your first response in Switzerland is, what am I doing wrong? And you're probably not doing anything. And I sat there and eventually I looked back at the guy because he was on his hooter. Three cars in front of me, I could go nowhere. So who was he blowing his hooter at? Was it me or the other three guys up front? And this guy got so angry that he came out in front of me and as the next car went, he came right in front of me, literally pushed me off of the road. And something rose up within me. I wish I could tell you that I was calm, collective, and um, I said to him, I bless you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> and as he went, I put my car in manual, and I was after him for about 20 meters, and then I calmed down. That thing of getting angry within us you know, and very quickly, and I knew the moment when I did it, I knew that a shadow could form around my heart and it could precipitate and start an action. I could sow a seed within my spirit that would start an action that I could regret maybe in a month's time. Yes, this time I would control myself, but how about the next time? 
How about the next time? You see, this is what happens when enemies form within our hearts. We can get away with it now, but when God starts to speak to us about our lack of self-control, about our anger, about our manipulative nature, where we manipulate circumstances in our favor, where we start to talk about other people and we want to know their business so we can talk about others. My friends, we get away with it now, but at the most opportune time for the devil and the most inopportune time for you and I, the devil will expose us and he will have a field day with you and with me. I believe God wants to come and he wants to help us to bring these things under his control, under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Like I was in the car there, had my car in manual, and I knew that this wasn't good. But I caught myself just in time not to sow a negative seed within my life that I was going to regret one day. I believe that even over this next month or so, as we talk about these crucial shadows within our heart that God is going to come and he's going to free us in regards to these things. I want to ask you this question. When you look at your life, what is that one area that rises that you no longer feel it is a sin, but if you had to step back, you would say, Piet, it can become a sin within my life. Or you don't even notice it anymore when you do it, and when someone confronts you, you are actually, uh, you defend yourself. What is that one thing? It's that thing that God wants to bring under control within your life over this period of time. And he does it because he loves us. Because those things are enemies that the devil will use at times when we didn't. I mean, Proverbs chapter 27 verse four says, anger is cruel and fury overwhelming, but who can stand before jealousy? Whoa! Just the topic of jealousy. I just want, and I'm wetting your appetite here a little bit. I have sons who are really, really um, good in sport. And, and I had to watch my heart at one stage because I was becoming jealous over other children's performances. When they performed better than my children, it was hard for me to rejoice over the success of others. I remember one day being in a place where another boy outperformed my son. And I asked myself the question, I said, why can't I be happy for that boy? Do you know why? Because jealousy had found a place within my heart. And jealousy is an ugly, 
characteristic within our hearts. And I watched my amazing wife just absolutely celebrate the success of this other boy when I couldn't celebrate the success of that other boy. Those are the type of things I'm talking about that surreptitiously just slips into our lives and eventually destroys what God puts within us. And so I want to conclude just with Romans chapter 1 verse 18 and then we're going to sing together. Romans chapter 1 verse 18 says this. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is from faith, from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. My friends, these things that I've mentioned is kin to most of us, if not all of us. These enemies of the heart. You'd say, Pierre, how do I overcome it? You start a journey by which you overcome it, by coming to Jesus with it. And it's through the power of the gospel that God comes and he disarms the power of that sinful habit. And as he disarms it, he starts to help us to change our behavior. And sometimes it takes three months, sometimes it takes six months, and sometimes it takes a while longer. But this is my experience. When I see those shadows around my heart forming, I literally go to Jesus and I say, Jesus, I hand this anger over to you because you paid the highest price for that anger when you died on the cross for me. You see, so there's power in the gospel when we bring it to him. And then I say to God, God, whenever that sinful habit, that shadow starts to rear its ugly head, would you give me the strength and the power to deal with it? And that means, oftentimes I would speak to a friend. I remember I've got a couple of friends that I've phoned. And if there's a shadow around my heart, I'd say to them, this is what's happening. Can you pray with me? Can you just stand? And for me, this is the way Piet works. Now, you operate differently. The moment I speak about something, that's when I start to overcome that thing. My friends, if it is a lustful thought within you, if you're battling with lust, bring it to Jesus power of the gospel will start to operate within your life, then if you like me and there's a shadow in my heart, bring it to a friend. When you share it with a friend, it's a step in the right direction to overcome. Let's trust God that at the end of this series that we would have hope 
of walking in more freedom than what we had when we started. Would you stand, please? Can I ask the worship team to come forward? The band. And I'm going to ask us to sing this morning. But those things that you have noticed that started to form around your heart. And in child language, it's just ugly. Just those ugly things that's forming around your hearts. Why don't you this morning do what I do from time to time? I just bring it to Jesus. And I say, Jesus, I hand it to you. Would you empower me to overcome?